0: Okay, superb. Great, Mr. Jim. I'm so excited. Uh, thank you so much for accepting my invite. Uh, and I still remember, this is going back a few weeks ago, early December-ish, I think. That's when, when I was having a chat with Hiril. She told me that, you know what, Chandal, just leave everyone else or the only person you need in the podcast is Jim. <laughs> I said... Oh my goodness, that is for sure. Then I'm definitely getting him. And I wanted to apologize for the delay in bringing you on in this journey because of the fact that I've been single-handedly doing this since a year and a half. When I think about it, it's getting close to two years now in March. Um, And guest number 111. So you can imagine uh, I, I, I have my plight with this. With this whole journey, I've been on my toes and but it's been it's been phenomenal. I'm enjoying every single thing that I'm doing as part of, as part of this journey. I'm enjoying it and I'm cherishing all these memories that I am creating with the support of yourselves uh, coming onto this journey and then sharing all those memories which which I'm dying to hear. So thank you once again and then also, Uh, the little bit that we got to interact during the Atrangi Ray podcast uh, going back a few weeks ago again I absolutely loved it and you may have also read some of the feedback that I kept sharing to you guys uh, where the fans absolutely loved the inputs that you provided as well even with the little bit that you chipped in uh, in the podcast as much as I try to be honest with you I tried very hard to actually put you on the spot I I wanted to dig more and more out of you uh, but Uh, this is what happens when you have a group podcast where you have more number of people and it's 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 next to impossible to have just one person talking more and the other person keeps quiet and waits for the other person to finish so i i'm sorry but i tried but i was really waiting for this solo podcast where i get this uh, should i call it me time with jim (laughs) and also this is something that i wanted to share um as as another reason for delaying to invite you so it's it's absolutely my fault um very very much in the start of the journey this is march last year something like that is when when i was talking to gulraj about the podcast journey and i was getting him on board he told me that you know what there's one person you should really speak to that is jim and I said, yeah, yeah, definitely I made a note. It's, I've got this massive Excel spreadsheet and all that. And then, but with the long list of people I've had, I obviously missed you out in that. And then hence the delay. Sorry again.
1: <laughs> I should be here.
0: <laughs> so thanks again, Jim. So um, I have a lot of things to talk about and I, I, I I don't even know where to start, but I will try and start somewhere because the whole podcast, as you know, it's not scripted. I just ask things. I just talk about things that comes to my mind. And then, uh, and as we go in the flow of the conversation, that's when I try to dig more and more. That's how I usually approach it. Um, Maybe I'll start with the music production side of the world, right? So... Let's go to the absolute basics. What does a music producer do in in an let's say in an in the world of music, and then what differentiates in the in the ARR world, so to speak?
1: Now, if you look at music production um, as a whole, it has evolved over time. Yeah, how it started off originally, there was nothing. There was nothing. Uh, Uh, which was like an electronic media where you could you know program something earlier you know make a blueprint of something right but um, earlier it was let's say somebody a music director has something with him let's say a piece of music so he calls in an orchestra right so everything is written down the music sheets are written down and the orchestra is called or the different musicians are called and it is recorded So what happens is for the director or even anybody, the producer to listen to something like that, he's not going to have a clue till everything because it's all on paper, Mm. but when the orchestra comes and plays, it's like, Oh, wow. That's the birth of the song or the background score, whatever. But till then they're in the blind spot. You know, they have no clue, but then over time, say around mid eighties, slowly music production but again I wouldn't that term music production I would, wouldn't say that it was a term which was used at that time it was more uh music programming or you know computer programming that kind of thing and that to that time there was no computers again so it was hardware sequences mm. so at least there at that time we had basic sounds and there was a sequencer where you could program something so which means whatever the music director had in mind he can play it back to the director now at least he has an an idea as to what it's going to sound before he calls in the live musicians, like the orchestra or the flute player, so we can put in a rough. Uh, so that's what I call like what uh, you do when you make a building. Mm. What you do first, you make a plan and you make a blueprint. So, or nowadays obviously you have a 3D image, but earlier you make a plan. So that plan is what a music producer basically does. So it could. So that in our music term is going to add into arrangement of music Mm. arrangement, what kind of chord progression we're going to use what kind of harmonies we are going to use what kind of instrumentation. So now that again comes uh, as a brief from the music director. So the the director Mm. gets the music director gets it from the director who will say, Okay, this we're going to go shoot somewhere abroad for the song. Or this is a situation song where he's just going to be sitting in a club and you know, he's maybe uh, very emotional, So, these are the briefs he gets. So, from there, he makes the tune and then it comes to the next stage where the arrangement part of it happens. So, now again, when you go go back in time, in those days, music director was there. Most uh, music directors could arrange by themselves or they could only make a melody. So, Mm -hmm. they always made use of an arranger who can hear this tune and then suggest, okay, these kind of harmonies we can use. We can use this chord progression and you know uh, and then maybe they might play it on the harmonium in those days that's what was the common instrument which was used so when he plays ah this sounds nice this sounds nice and then they go forward and write down things so slowly when music production started off we have all the sounds we have the technology to produce this in a small way which is still not 100% what we're going to listen to at mm. the end but it gives you an idea as to what, what it sounds like so now when they hear it and they say, wow, this is very really nice. Let's go for the recording. Hmm. So now again, another stage through this whole thing was hardware sequences where it was just an eight track. So we could record eight different instruments on a, this thing. So that's where maybe my journey with Reman also, I would say, I don't know, of course, I know Rehman much before that. But yeah. uh, going back into, so he suggested, why don't you buy this uh, MC50. He was having the MC500. Sorry, it's a little technical terms, but no, please do. These are called sequences, basically. Yeah. So whatever you heard in Roja mm. and any of the early albums was all done on the MC500. So the Roland MC500 was the this thing which he was using. So when I got to meet him at that time, uh, he had that. So then I said, "Man, I want something like this." You know, so he suggested, uh, "No, the newer model has come. It's called the MC50. Why did not you buy that?" So then that's when I went and bought, picked that up. And so I had one keyboard. In fact, that keyboard, I picked it up from him only. He was selling one of his keyboards. So I bought that. That was my very first professional keyboard. which I. Had. So, Did he uh, give it to you at a mate's price? I'm just joking. <laughs> no way. He said, you're going to make money out of this. So you better will pay me. <laughs> so I had this lovely keyboard, 76 keys. And it's like, because I... I basically used to play a lot of piano at that time, uh, being in a music, born in a musician's family. My dad's a pianist, so piano was like a little natural. So I used to play it uh, quite decently, I would say. So I, the 76 key almost made me feel like I was sitting in front of a piano and playing. So it was great. So that's when I picked that up. And then he suggested this MC50. So that that also I bought. Then, as always, any kid having a toy, you know, you just want to get it working from day one. I sat and I, I couldn't figure out A B C of anything. So frantically tried calling this guy because in those days there's no mobile phones, no pages, nothing. So let me see I'm... this guy, sir. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. need to go a little. History, because I know him from I think yeah. nineteen seventy.
0: Of course, of course, yeah. And I, I'm just trying to p- p- visualize as you describe. That's all. So I just wanted to ensure that when you say this guy, it is you're actually referring, sir. Okay, fine.
1: Yes, that's all. <laughs> yeah, I know him from seventy eight, and of then uh, same. you are the same age also. He's yeah. just five months. That's wow calculation. So, <laughs> but he still claims that he's younger than me. <laughs> we always have that <laughs> Hey, you're still younger than No, sorry, <laughs> I'm still younger. No chance. You're <laughs> old man. So we always pull each other like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I had new toy and I couldn't figure out A B C so someone called up his house, his mom only picked up and he said, No, he's gone for a call. So when uh so just ask him to give me a call and there's, there's a landline. So he he called back? Or I don't know whether I was been you know, such mm-hmm. a long time. So, oh no, sorry, he didn't respond. So what I did, I went straight to his house. I took my bike at that time. I went by bike and I said, hey, buddy, you told me to buy all this. I bought all this now and I'm not able to figure out anything. Why don't you come and help me? So he said, no, no, no not possible, blah, blah. I said, don't worry. I have a bike. I'll pick you up. I'll drop you back also. Just come and show some basic thing. He said, okay, you drop me back now. I said, okay, quickly. Sure. <laughs> I had one souped up bike also fully altered, <laughs> weird one, I think maybe think around 88 I think, 88 to 89, yeah, on the bike, came home, so he said, okay, you connect this, you do this, you do this, uh, hmm. I know how many of, I know you people might know, not know the speed at what he works, everything goes like, at like fast forward that that is it. because he's been so used to working from a young age with electronics and such so he had completely mastered that game right. so that was incredible so he's trying to figure out right, okay you just plug this there okay now you press this button and you do this you do that. i like it was like a half knock crash course on <laughs> programming thing he did and he quickly programmed something from some eight bars or 16 bars or something and he just saved it and said how oh, that's all simple <laughs> i like okay <laughs> i think i would have got five or ten percent of what he said, man this is not going to work out okay i promised him i'll drop him back again took him on the bike went and dropped him back that whole night i sat i went through the manual also <laughs> and slowly that's how i started my journey wow into, won't say it. that's what music production again now coming back to the question music production as such see at that time it was more like that uh, but again another form of music production where it has turned into these days i would say because with the advent of computers mm-hmm. uh, a music producer even records the live parts and gives it so let's say there's a guitar part i would uh, put in a rough guitar part on the keyboard so the music director says okay why don't you record the guitars Unfortunately I don't do that because I generally work on a project basis I finish and I move on to the next one. Right. So if this is done I end of the session and I'm moved on to the next project as such. Well. But there are producers who take up the entire let's say if it's a song they take the entire burden of recording the bass guitar the guitar so they like so the whole process becomes very long. You know it depends on the song depends on the music director. There are people who are who can never come up with something you know like a concrete thing and say okay it's done. So that can be very time consuming. So for me, I prefer to move on to the next. Uh, So I don't sit in for live dubs very rarely only uh, if it's maybe an orchestra at times. uh, That's Mm a lot of fun because sitting and listening to an orchestra play your music is the the best thing which you can never go through. It's amazing. So music production, that is another form where people record the entire thing. But Mm -hmm. me as a music producer, I just do the blueprint. Everything is on the computer. So the ideas the harmonies the melodies like if it's a music bit what kind of music is there everything is there so uh later maybe the team if the music director has a team like in case of ARR he has his whole team so i just send them the logic session and they record the entire thing with live music and right. it's all done that's right. how and right now we are on computers so so now it's, it's the universe of things
0: so how, how how do you see uh the evolvement of music production has it made your life easier so to speak in the it's in, the see, in everything
1: of in everything if you look at it in reality anything cell phones is a great convenience but it's also a nuisance right <laughs> so that is the same thing i would say even with the music production because the real the real musician feel is missing because there are times you might orchestrate something very nicely and the, they decided this this sounds good why do we have to record live so then you miss that uh, the human element which comes into the song that can be a problem so through evolving it's it's good as well as bad that's that's all so if we can balance that out now luckily a lot of music directors do um, spend time on recording live and you know seeing to that it's a good sound which comes right sometimes producers will come and say, why do we have to spend so much, you know, go record abroad and mm. things like that. Mm. We also go all these kind of, but quality at the end of the day shouldn't suffer. So if you look at Rayman's music, it's always everything is recorded live. There's never, he never looks twice or thrice to not record. So I understand. Always that.
0: Right. And uh, I, I was just trying to absorb everything that you were just describing Um, about the music production and its involvement and stuff and I have a number of things running in my mind I would like to get that out of the way if you don't mind one of the things is uh, obviously in terms of the hardware uh, synthesizers and stuff that was used in the past let's say the Roja era if I can put it that way Um, like was this obviously based on the research or uh, how did ARR sir know that he will need so and so gadgets he how did he know what he wanted so to speak that was probably
1: my question that's an interesting thing because uh, there's this guy called they uh, used to call him the Santa Claus because right. he's the only guy who would source out equipment from uh, Singapore at that time so he used to travel so whenever you want something so uh, the struggles of yesteryear uh, sorry, I sound very ancient that way. Yesteryears and like when technology was growing, Understand. we didn't have, we didn't have internet, we didn't have access yeah. to happening around the world. Yeah. So unless somebody told you, oh, this equipment is really good and you need to pick that up, it's really right. nice. You'd never get a hands-on. Now, if I want a particular equipment, I just go on. I can Google search it. I have like a million reviews on it, so I I know what I'm buying. Those days, you're not knowing what you're going to buy. It can be, uh, you buy it and then you think, oh man, this is not what I wanted. Mm. So there were certain standard equipment, which I think worldwide, everyone was using maybe like uh, Michael Jackson was using or a Phil yeah. Collins was using, you know, so, uh, since these guys endorse it, so most of these things were I won't say available here, but still they were very pricey. Mm. And of course the duties, custom duties were really, really high at that time. Right. So. Uh, some of the more seasoned session musicians were, were the ones who had all this so Rehman uh, I don't know the history behind much before what uh, Rehman became Rehman mm-hmm. their entire family was into, say, they used to rent out equipment so they always yeah. had but very old I'm talking 70s uh, so it was these uh, Yamaha organs and yeah. things like that so mm-hmm. that is how our family, we knew their family because we, uh, our family, we used to uh, do gospel songs. So we used to go sing at churches and things like that, but we didn't have a keyboard. So we used to rent out. So right. there were just at that time three people who used to rent out. So one was uh, Rayman's thing. Next was, um, I think, Johnny DeMello and another person. Mm. So these three. So that is how we used to go almost during Christmas time, Almost every day there is a program. So every day we're at his house going, picking up the keyboard go for a program, come back, drop it off. This used to be the routine. So I think from late 70s, used to all the way till around 84, 85, I guess. So that is when we pick, picked up a keyboard for ourselves and we didn't have to rent out. So we kind of lost touch. And you okay. know, it's, once you lose touch, and I think that is the transition from his old house, he also shifted to his new house. Yeah. So we lost that uh, small time period. Uh, so after we bought the keyboard, we weren't in touch. Then mm-hmm. later, I think where I bumped into him was at um, Shivamani's wedding. Right. Yeah. That. No, no, no. Before, sorry, pre Shivamani's wedding was I bumped into him at school. Okay. <laughs> so, it so happened post Padma Seshadri he joined MCC, Madras Christian College, okay, high school, where I was doing my plus two. He joined in for plus one. I think he missed a year in the middle, and he came in for plus one. So he was doing vocational group. I was in commerce. So I saw him a couple of times, and, uh, and he was very, very shy and introvert at that time. So he won't Hi. talk to anybody. Won't even hear a word from. Was like that. So uh, after that, suddenly he went missing. There was no sign of him. Uh, I guess that was the period I think he joined uh, Raja. I think so. I'm just guessing. Just putting yeah. The together. Yeah. See, so yeah, my life was going in a very different way. I'm like studies. No, not studies. I'm not great at studies, but studies was going on. And plus I was in the college band, sorry, school band. And then later in the college band. So trying to look at a very different, uh, not a career, as something like this thing going into music at that time. So after he afterwards no news from him and then later I think during Shivamani's wedding was when I bumped into him again so that was a gap of almost four or five years Mm. Uh, must be four years four years so I was in college final at that time and then I met him he said hey how are you and he said I've shifted now why don't you come to my new place so that's when where Panchatan is so they had shifted (laughs) there so we all knew the old house which was in another place which is close by yeah so after a long time he's caught up with him and he had this so that was the first time I entered Panchatan, it was more like a studio for himself like his own personal space and he was doing a lot of ad films at that time mm. so we connected so that is when I saw all this equipment and I was like really fascinated I said wow this is a very interesting route to take I'm like thinking of something like this so that is when he said hey I have this keyboard for sale. So that whole process thing happened so that was uh, so that is my first experience at Pantsit and then I used to go there quite frequently because uh, he was just doing ad films and through the day he used to do sessions with I think Liraja as well as was ad films so this yeah. was his routine then there was this band called Nemesis Avenue I think you might have seen that I have picture. yeah yeah
0: with Germany and a uh, couple of so other that I and yeah Jojo and,
1: yeah Jojo John Anthony that's a different band that's called Magic
0: ah uh-huh, right okay
1: MSS Avenue is with Sudin Prabhakar, Paul Jacob, Suresh Peters on yeah. drums. Yeah. One pick over there. So they had a very big gig and Rayman was supposed to play at that time for that. So he was supposed to play and these guys were rehearsing for the show and things like that. Suddenly I get a call from the band saying, can you come and play keys? I said, I thought Rema is playing. No, he's not been coming for rehearsals. He's been very busy with work. So I don't think he's going to make it mm. for the show. I'll help out. And it's all, it was a rock show. So I knew most of the songs were not an issue. At it. So I just, I went for the last three or four rehearsals. The day before the show, we had like a final rehearsal. So final rehearsal, I go, suddenly one ambassador pulls up Rehman with, with all his gear, Sami is sitting behind. So, oh, wow. So he's back. So finally, it was uh, both of us played for that gig at the end.
0: <laughs> so cool.
1: Yeah, that was one of the epic turning moments at that time. So I'll share that pic with you later. Little
0: yeah, little please little later. do. Yeah,
1: please do. Both of us, I am on one extreme and this guy is sitting on the other extreme. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It is. So that was days.
0: Did you guys used to converse in English or Tamil? I'm just curious.
1: Back in those English. days. And it English. has always English. been English, is it? Mostly, mostly English. I don't know why I uh, cultivated this habit. Mm-hmm. I think he was also doing a lot of uh, ad films at that time. So yeah. what happens is the ad, well, generally everybody prefers to converse in English as such yeah. so that way uh, though, though that time he wasn't he never used to speak that much yeah, mm-hmm. he was a very soft spoken person that way it was different but yeah mostly it's English I don't know how that happened but of course now I, I, when I work for other music directors there it's like a full Tamil so I struggle <laughs> so they say hey you're speaking like an Anglo-Indian that's okay. <laughs> what <said>, I'm not <laughs>
0: Because I remember when uh, Keith Peters was also on the podcast, he said, uh, yeah, we always spoke in English. And he said, uh, that, well, Keith had confessed that his Tamil was not all that great. And he preferred to speak in English.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right. so... Uh, born in a Christian family what happens is you listen to a lot more western music so that is where we come from so generally the 70s you know they oh these guys know the English songs quite well it becomes Mm. like that Mm -hmm. I guess that's yeah somehow this has been the language generally used most of the time I would say Uh, right and uh,
0: and you've been part of the journey right from Roja days right if I'm not wrong
1: no 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 no. (laughs) yeah so when did you actually come in I think uh 95 end I think 95 right used film, uh, lovebirds oh yeah I absolutely love that soundtrack by the way yeah so I was called in at that time so, because I I don't know whether I'd gotten because that time I was doing more live shows I was part of two three bands playing right and I used to ad films uh, music production for ad films yeah for most of my musician friends were into doing ad films so when they needed somebody to do the music production they always used to call me so so that's how I was into that most of the time and again and if you don't
0: mind me asking who was the music producer then until you went into the team like between 92 all, and 95
1: All Raymond. oh wow is that right All Raymond. If there's anybody else would have done max rhythm would have been uh Tumbaraja. Easy backbone. Roja is ex I think is fully Tumbaraja, if I if I'm not mistaken. All the rhythms were done by him. And Remand did all the keyboard parts.
0: Right. So yeah.
1: It's a little technical, like you said, because when you spoke about synth, I think mm. for around close to five years, his setup was the same. He had two keyboards, I think the O1W and the Juno on top and couple of other keyboards, I think the curves were Mm. low. So that was the setup. It was always set up and the patches were ready. And it was all wired for him Mm. to the moment he got into films. See, otherwise it was when it was uh, the ad days plus session, it was very difficult because Sami had to come back and set up everything because night he has a session. Imagine he gets back around 10, has dinner by 11. So if you ask me why Rayman works in the night it's because of this culture, which he had at that time, literally working 20 hours a day kind of thing. I don't know. Oof. Unbelievable. Right. I yeah. can't even imagine. I've sat at the studio once, I think part of this band only, we were supposed to have a band uh, recording or something, but Rayman was stuck with a jingle. <laughs> so all of us city outside, I was used to have this small swing all of us curled and sleeping <laughs> like suddenly at three o'clock he's coming fresh come boys let's do so what are you saying it's like midnight yeah but that's how he's always been yeah yeah sorry i interrupted
0: your flow um you you were called in during the live Words uh, uh soundtrack yeah. so what happened then sorry I'm, I'm very curious to know because it's one
1: of my very very favorite soundtracks so i would love to know uh, that's what, uh, see, to me, by the time uh, when Roja happened, that's when again, for me, because see, I was in a completely tangent world of rock music, English music and stuff uh, right. and things like that. I never, never thought that I'll get into film industry as such at that time.
0: Yeah.
1: And suddenly, we were traveling somewhere and on the radio, Roja is playing and, uh, you know, because in our family, we... At that time, it was very difficult for us to even know that transition over the A.R.M. And For us, it's like a hey, Dilip song. Dilip, Dilip song. It was, it was like that only. She so said, "Oh man, it's going to be a... And with that whole reggae feel for the Chinna Chinna, he's like, wow, this guy is going to... You know, that time itself, we could think like this, this is going to take take him somewhere else. Yeah. So that, uh, that happened. So since, uh, then, but still, I'm in my own world and this is happening. So, and... By the time Lovebirds happened before that, there were so many huge hits of his. Huge means huge. So, uh, he was somewhere else at that time. So, uh, when I got a call from him, I think he, yeah, he, and in those days, I don't know, uh, again, still no mobile phone. So, landline, I think he called my house. I was in my in-law's place. So, he got the in-law's place number and he called there. And I think it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't even Sami Dura, he himself called. So my mother-in-law picked up the phone and she said, uh, "And she's always very quiet. The way she speaks, he Said, "Yeah, <laughs> She must have Then again, he called. Then she got scared, maybe it is. And I was sleeping, so she came and woke me up and said, "Yeah, <laughs> the phone." I went pick up the phone and he said, "Hey, your free man went to." Is i recording. You want to come? So, and I was not a night guy at all. This was around six or five in the evening. So I said, "Okay, I'll come and meet you." So I went then to the studio, and he said, "This is what uh, is required, you know." And he wanted me to program on two songs, and then later the background score. Mm. So first thing I, when I went and met him was like, "What is it that you can't do that you've called me to do, man?" That's exactly what I said. You know, because he's <gasps> no, 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 no. You're bringing a different this thing to it, you know, and I'm looking at this very westernized horn sections on the song and things like that. So I said, okay, let, let me give it a try. and he came back at around I think ten o'clock or so. I was like yawning. he said, you you don't you don't work in the night. I said, no chance. Okay, okay, you go home, come back in the morning and work. He said, okay. So I left and. Uh, Obviously, the gear had doubled by then, so he had everything over there. So he said, Don't worry, there's enough equipment here. You can program whatever you want. You just ask Samidara he'll give you. But I think I did two songs in that. Uh, no problem, no? That song. Yeah, Laptop, I love it. After, after the raps section. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, one small section I did there. Then also that uh, magic song, no? Oh, yeah. then that's Absolutely love very it. Different, very different magic, kind of song. magic. <laughs> magic, magic. Yeah. So Who are the
0: backing uh, vocals for the track and uh, especially the female one? Okay.
1: I, I think Anupama used to sing. Right. veggie Ganga. They were the, the. Are they all still around? I'm just curious. Pretty much around. Very okay. Much around. Okay. But of course, married and settled in life, so. Yeah, uh, cool. Most of them are singing uh, more individual songs, I would say. Not much because the younger uh, gang is coming now for chorus. They don't do much of chorus. You
0: know what, they Jim? Like, I still listen to Come On, Come On, Okamakshi song. The Magic Magic. Yeah. I love it. Especially that Magic Magic part. I was thinking of using it in the podcast intro or something like that. Then I thought I, I didn't want a call from Sir later asking me, hey, why did you use that?
1: <laughs> yeah so that we finished the songs and then later the background happened background I was there for like a uh, few sessions at that time right. right then one gap happened after that it was again a long gap because he thought I'm now set only with one particular because I moved on to another music director I was working with him yep. for quite so he thought Raymond was very particular that oh maybe he's his musician why should I okay. pull him away from Right. So he never thought I was a freelance musician. Now I'm a total freelance musician as such. So until later, I think 2002 or three. when did Boys come out? So that's when I... Yeah. Around that
0: time. There. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Boys was when, uh, I got back there because we called again and then uh, we got back to working. So from then on, it's been pretty regular, at least one or two projects a year. But again, it's more in that zone where, because now his whole team is pretty much set people who work on a, daily basis for him you know yeah. so you know his team
0: yeah so. <laughs> and something that I've kind of noticed is I, I may be wrong but you feel free to correct me is most of the guys in the team except for a handful of them or maybe just a couple three or four everyone is a freelancer so that's how mm-hmm. sort of things sort of operates I think uh,
1: so is that how it is it depends on mm-hmm. it depends what Uh, Sir would have spoken to them also, you know. Understand? Yeah, I feel like I could be wrong also. But early days, I remember because when he said, "Oh no, no, you need to be exclusive," because everybody wanted their exclusivity also. I know. But now, see, you know, you made your mark. There is no need to feel insecure. That's what I feel. Now he's totally fine about people freelancing. Mm. What what you are trying to say? I'll tell you what could be true is uh, almost everybody in his team has done music direction for a film. So that itself is a different thing. Everybody, right. almost right. four or five I know, who have done, uh, uh, songs for movies by themselves. So, understand. Yeah. Yeah. So they've become music directors in their own right. You know, so of that course Yeah. happened.
0: Yeah. That is and so, um, so you came back, during the boys phase, if I can call it that way, what was it like then? So you're coming back again after a gap. So did you see things, did you see things had changed? And uh, of course, it's a Shankar movie again. Things had to be done slightly differently,
1: especially for someone like him. Definitely there'll be a little difference. I would say in terms Mm. of approach. Uh, But see, always, Rehman's brief is very good. He being a musician himself and a music uh, producer himself, one of the Mm. best, I would say. When he briefs you, it's so clear in your head that, uh, and there are times he could just, so there are times, I'll say, he just put a blueprint for me. So he just puts the whole thing on the piano itself. So that makes it even more simpler, you know, quickly uh, put down a skeleton of what's going to happen. So then it's a lot easier to orchestrate. So even now, I think for Atrangir and all, I got one scene, which was just the piano. So now from the piano, you develop it and make it into a complete, according to the scene, you know, so the idea is there. So mm. you, the idea, take the idea and you develop it. So there are times, and of course, Sir's belief will be there on the side uh, note. I think Hiral would have typed out the entire thing for me. And, uh, given. So that way, it's a lot simpler, I would say.
0: Understand. Very
1: rarely have a roadblock. Like, I think in the earlier podcast, I did mention that. I think. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think 99 songs. Remember, I told you?
0: Oh, yeah, you did. You did.
1: Uh, was it the jazz song, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I said, What do I do with this? He said, No, you hear it, you'll know what to do. So this is the brief. <laughs> so. There are, uh, so that's when somebody trusts you on what uh, you're good at or what. So always he thought that I'm, because I listen to a lot of jazz. Uh, jazz and rock music. So he knows that I come from that school. So I could. Yeah. So that's why I was called in for Jill and Rukadal. You can see. Oh that yeah. Memory. Oh yeah. Give me credits as jazz, jazz arrangement, Jim Satya. man, that is sauce arrangement. It's not jazz. <laughs> so he always. I don't know why he links me with jazz. I'm not. I listen <laughs> to a lot of jazz, but uh, I wouldn't say I'm. I'm a great. Uh, exponent in jazz I would
0: say right right
1: so and I would yeah so same Tu Bole no that song Tu mm.
0: Bole so of that course. again I
1: was I was called in to do the piano parts and chords for that but unfortunately I was stuck in do, uh, in Bombay at that time on some other work right yeah I couldn't do that then he said okay you'll be back in a week you can do it but I think he himself played it then he told me that later see you didn't come I did all the jazz chords <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely sir so, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. so uh, the thing is I mean uh, how should I put it so when you expand and develop on something uh, is is that usually a trial and error process between yourself and sir until the point both are satisfied uh, What
1: what is the creative process like between the two of you in general creative process you never uh, get it right on the first time this happens for everything anything which, which is creative it could be even video it could be audio it could be mm, yeah direct. because there are times uh things can and there are times it can be the other way around in the first shot itself it could be like wow this is it you know you can nail it the very first time but there are times yeah. it's never the right thing or it's like shall we look at it a little later so mm-hmm. That process definitely happens. So, right. best see, at the end of the day, it's still his music. So, he's yeah. the decision maker. You know, we can troubleshoot and say, "Hey, but I like this. You know, there are times I... Uh, there's a song, Tango. Tango, um, yeah. Um,
0: Either Kateru that's the one, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: So, I, I was called in for that uh, song. Mm. So, he's That song... It's a cool
0: song, by the way.
1: I like it. Yeah, so, he he had uh, like I'm sure in, in your podcast everybody would discuss how sir composes he just keeps putting in ideas and the okay. song will be like 12 minutes long mm. the session as it is. I said man there's like 12 minutes <laughs> and I called him up and I said listen man this is so long what do you want me to do do you want me to arrange the entire thing or maybe yeah. You know, you okay, no, do one thing. Come to the studio. We'll sit and chop. It. So he sat and he, like, little barber shop job. Cut, cut this. This will be the, uh, pallavi this will be the channam. This will be, we'll keep it as a hook. Huh? This you can use for music. So we like assemble one little melody melodic structure. Yeah. So now I had some out of it. So I went and arranged it, and he kept. And then he was, he was sitting and listening to going on. It's suddenly one chord came. Huh? He's, his face just went like that I'm like, man I thought you liked that chord, that's really nice, you know So, but that's how it is, you know, creativity what you think might work doesn't work for the music director so, so uh-huh. that's when you, so there's always this back and forth if it can be repaired later maybe we might leave it at that if it cannot be, mm-hmm. it has to be uh, and sent back again Right. Same with the background, you might have uh, completely scored one entire piece and it's just beautiful, beautiful music. But if it doesn't work with the scene, it doesn't work. So, understand you might have to read the entire writing process. Right. That's always going back to the blackboard, you know? So, sometimes starting with a clean slate as to what you want to do and then developing and uh, getting something done is the best thing. Mm. So, create a process that never, I'm saying, even for. <laughs> Classic example again. Now coming back to what you said. Classic example was when we were arranging uh, for one of his live shows, mm-hmm. uh, Nitin Dhanalaya. Yeah, you, yeah. you went for that. I was, that, right? I was
0: there, I was there.
1: Two SPB medleys. Yeah. Which Sreeni and all they all sat on K- one bench. Correct, correct, correct. Even Karthik was there in it. Yeah. Yeah. So that whole uh, this thing was put together. So Rehman... Colin said, why don't you I want this as a medley. Yeah. You know, each song going into the other, into the other. So what we before they perform that live, what we do is we program it like like how we're programming a song. So we program it and that is sent to the musicians to practice and then they play that live. Understand. So I did I did that entire arrangement of very uh, nice. That. So, <laughs> So that time we dug into old material, you know. Uh, all that. That's one
0: of my most favorite parts of that concert,
1: to be honest. Imagine SVB's <laughs> no, voice was separate and the music track, and Rama. said, man. This sounds so cheesy. Oh God, so much of EQ. You know, see that's growth. What we did in in two thousand or pre two thousand, and then when you hear it now it's either wow, it sounds great, or it's like man, this sounds so bad. <laughs> we wouldn't do something like this in this time in Utah, you know. So that's right. how that's the right. beauty about it. So a creative guy can never be satisfied. Very rarely he's going to be like wow, it still sounds amazing. So there's mm. always room,
0: right? That's amazing.
1: Rema works in a very different way. Once his project is over, he very rarely looks back at it. And, you know whether it's a success or not he's moved on to the next project he's, that's what right. I feel of course right. the songs because now he does so much of live shows that he goes back to the songs and uh, it's looked at understand
0: and uh, because we are actually talking about the creative process uh, how has he and yourself along with him together dealt with uh, creative highs that's like when you nail something that you're working on, maybe in the first attempt or however long it takes, that's one thing. The second aspect to that is how you've gone around dealing with the creative blocks where you just blanked out, you don't know where to go. Do you just shut the door and revisit it later? What happens there?
1: Creative blocks is easier to explain because you just shut down and go home, (laughs) (laughs) coffee break. Oh, he'll go, okay, okay, I'm going for prayer. You guys could take a break. <laughs> it could be that. Right. Uh, yeah. But creative highs, because he's not somebody who's, uh, uh, I've noticed who, like, he would have done the most epic of stuff. And you like, you know, it's sounding amazing, but he doesn't show it out as much, I would say. Hmm. Like, I, don't know. I don't know how I managed to be there. Oh, yeah, correct. Same. That is lovebird right? Uh, Malargali, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I think I went down and somebody, whether singing or some some live dub, was going. I was uh, upstairs doing the score, so I had to come down and meet him for something, or rather, call him to come and listen to something. That time, this was going on. Mm. Wow, what a song, you know. So, I was telling my wife, I said, Wow, what a beautiful song, this guy's genius, love, but for him just another song you know he's just shaking he's like ah, nice yeah, take. <laughs> it's that so i i don't see him somebody who's like uh jumping with joy types he has always been like but, this he's always been like that
0: yeah until date yeah in fact i remember one of my recent conversations with him uh on the phone i was telling him sir uh, you have no idea how how much of an impact Kwaja Mere Kwaja has had in my life. And I gave him a, an example or two. And then he heard me out fully. And then all that he said was, he just smiled. <laughs> that's it. And that's how he reacted to it. That. <laughs>
1: that's how he is. Very difficult. Yeah. yeah. Very rarely, uh, you'll get a lot from him, very rarely. But there are times, see, again... One thing I don't know. See, I not Even from fans' point of view, you guys might be thinking, "Wow, wow, so much!" You know, of course, genius level. He's, in, you know, we we all know that he's in a different league altogether. Yeah. The amount of hard work, stress he goes through. Very few people know. Very mm. few people know that. That to me, only when I see that sometimes I think, "Man, shucks, I can't even think of it." Right, like free time I like my cycling I like no no cycling only now but previously it used to be you know uh, maybe you sit and watch some television he never he's never into any of those things you know I think I when we were doing the background school that time some renovation was going on at uh, AM so I was working then me being a day person I work morning 10 to night 8 or something like that but these guys all surface only around 6 o'clock and they work through till morning so generally, when I enter the studio in the morning, nobody is there. Yeah. That day, I was just going towards my room. Suddenly, I looked outside. Somebody was. There. I thought maybe the worker was. Uh, somebody was standing there. I could just see a silhouette. Said, hey, Jim. Who called? <laughs> I said, oh, Emma was standing by her window. Okay, say hey, what are you doing? So there, are, these are times when we just just sit and just talk, just conversation, just life, life conversation, philosophy. Mm. He loves those kind of, you know. It also is a stress buster for him, you know, away from music because everybody's like constantly bombarding sir on the song radio Cha. When will I get my song? Uh, when can we do the score? Or, you know. So this was like a release. We were just sitting and talking. We just spent like close to half an hour just sitting and chatting. So he was asking how so-and-so, how so-and-so. He we was just connecting people from uh, 1985 to 90, mm. that kind of thing. What's he doing? What is this guy doing? Oh, God, I'm caught up with all that. And then we got, got into work, you know, but you could see there was so much of stress running behind uh, him because he had two projects to deliver. He had live shows,
0: mm.
1: Still, uh, you know, very rarely. So that's that comfort zone. I think he has with uh, maybe friends and yeah, maybe he himself. And I mean, is that how he beats his stress? I really don't know how, because now he travels so much abroad. Mm. Abroad, definitely. See, at least he, uh, he doesn't have so many people hounding him. The moment he lands in uh, <laughs> Chennai, sure there like uh, a thousand amount of people sitting there waiting for us uh, to meet him or, you know, get their work done. So, that way be a very busy man. Right. So, wait so I meet him just once a year just to wish him for Christmas give him a cake and come so that that also hasn't happened in the past two years of course COVID uh, yeah otherwise we we just meet him but at least he gives us that half and we just generally talk families and things like that so
0: understand otherwise is it usually remote working for you uh, on the projects that you've been yeah
1: I have this studio space Mm. so since I this, um, I've uh, kind of worked from here now. So mm. they're they also much used to it to some extent. I think just for a couple of uh, projects, I remember leaving from the studio and going because uh, Rehman had just come back from the US. He was on a tour at that time. Mm. This was for. Bigel. So, Bigel for which one and, was that again? Sorry. Bigel.
0: Ah, Bigel. Bigel.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah. Not in Beagle? sorry. It was for Dilbechara Right, so okay. Doing- it is recent then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Two two or three uh, two years ago, I guess. Mm. So that time uh he had come down and uh but that was when he had come down, I'm not sure. Anyway, so uh they said it'll be nice if you can come at least for two, three days. So I said, okay, fine. So I packed up everything from here and went to the studio. So literally set up there because uh he had a very small window of uh work to be done mm. so we got everything done uh, presentation was done and everything so that's when i shifted to this place right understand. otherwise work, work from here now it's okay pretty much okay with okay but of course and, here and there sometimes they say no Everybody set up here we'll just quickly finish it so one or two days then it's pretty much okay i guess Right, and uh,
0: and and also uh, as part of uh what i'm hearing it seems like you've always been a work-life balance person right from the start of your journey
1: so uh, you, pretty much
0: right pretty much. right that's amazing and is was that a conscious thing that you always wanted to um approach see, things? We,
1: did a, we did a set of um late nights and yeah uh, i'm sure 20 oil kind of thing but that was all a little earlier maybe yeah. around uh, 95 till around say 2005 or so then slowly you know age catches up and you need to yeah. get into of uh, routine so now i made it a conscious effort to as far as possible so sundays is completely off definitely nice. unless it's a headline story that you have to <laughs> Very rarely i have to come to the studio sales. but otherwise it's like so i got into this work routine of you know right. this time to work and then you're back home and you know, fitness has started now, thanks to the pandemic. So, a lot of cycling and running, that also. So I have to slot my work in between all this now. <laughs> I love it. So Sundays are the days you go for a
0: ride. Uh, I, I love those. I love your studio. Would you want to give me a little
1: uh, insight about all those beautiful things that I'm seeing? These are all miniature cycles yeah. and, and guitar. Just because the camera is facing here, <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's and easy. and those bikes are are those the replicas of what you actually have? No, 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 no. no. These I just picked it on Amazon. They look pretty cool. Look, uh, looks very
0: nice, and you actually inspired yeah, yeah. me because I have got two bikes with me myself here, and I don't have this miniature. But and
1: Really, state of the art uh, cycle. I I have a very basic one, but it is good enough for me to cycle, and uh, so I'm enjoying yeah. myself. Yeah.
0: Nice. I see a piano there two
1: guitars <laughs> should uh, encourage Rayman to get into cycling his, <laughs> cobra, his co-brother cycles so we met him couple of times the yeah. actor Rayman he cycles he, quite regularly
0: I know I know and he's coming on the podcast very soon as well and uh, and in fact you might remember Harmony with ARR series ARR sir actually went cycling in that in the first episode
1: Oh okay okay i did it yeah
0: yeah that's that's only for that little clip but he still did and that's and i still remember it's like oh my god i'm cycling after ages
1: <laughs> no that's the classic right <laughs> and
0: and and again as part of your journey uh, i'm sure you'd have had a lot of interactions with uh, shreedhar as well right shreedhar sir and I really wish he was still around and I could have had him on the podcast. Anything that you would like to share? Because I'm always looking for uh, memories that
1: uh, that can be cherished, especially for Srida, sir. If it's Sridhar, Sridhar and my eldest brother were batchmates. So hmm. there itself, when, when I met Sridhar the very first time, so he knew who I was. Right. So, he, And uh, Sridhar was a bass player. He used to play the bass guitar. And my brother was a bass guitarist too, <laughs> and they were in rival colleges. One was he was. Oh wow! And, okay. <laughs> uh, so that way, so he had a very high regard for my brother because my brother is an amazing bass player. Yeah, and so he said, "Oh, you're from that family, you should be something else." And when we met Srida, I think would have been in ninety one or ninety two when uh, mm. we did an album, a, a rock album. Uh, all own composition and something, like that. <laughs> something we did at that time. So we recorded at media Artist. So that time uh, Sridhar was the main engineer over there. So our interaction with him and uh, great memories, great, great memories, because he was such a perfectionist and somebody who's always experimenting. Somebody who always wants to try out something different, mm. uh, never go by the book. And he always questions why like it just do it it's, that's the kind of attitude you know very uh, very rarely you will find somebody like that and a perfectionist in his own way so that made him really stand out in his craft so one other experience was with sreeni. You remember sreeni the singer yeah sreeni of course was. yeah very well yeah. i used to do a lot of programming for him for his songs his ad films so he had this uh, there was this organization called Banyan. Right. Uh, so had an annual event, annual day event. So it was mm-hmm. like a full celebrity celeb studded uh, event. So they wanted a theme song for that. So I programmed that and it was something they wanted like a we are the world kind of thing with mm-hmm. different celebs, more singers uh, singing mm-hmm. that. By the time we finished the track, <laughs> it was uh, hardly a few hours to go before the show that evening. So was Sreeni saying, man, it was like 12 in the afternoon, evening 6 is the show. And the tracks are reaching Srida only around that time. He did the mix in like 2 hours. You should just hear it. Sreeni saying, man, this guy is just crazy. He's like... You should hear the mix, it's like, and we were there uh, at the show because we, since we had performed, we were all on stage. Saying, wow. Like, wow, man. First time I'm hearing what you programmed sound because we didn't have time to record live also. I think Max, and Naveen would have played some flute on it. Yeah. So it's all just, uh, different singers and the chorus singing together. We just had enough time to just record the entire thing, but to produce and then make it into one hell of a production. Mm. He says that in a couple of hours, that's the kind of uh, genius we are talking about. Right. So I think he and uh, Rehman went hand in hand. Uh, Rehman being somebody who also is very inquisitive and loves gear, loves uh, equipment, new thing, really excites them. He's like, wow, check this out, check that out, check that, that kind of a thing so both of them are pretty much in that same wavelength in terms of so each one will try to hey you you check this out you saw this you saw this so, so each one used to uh so even when uh in case rayman's traveling abroad uh, uh, Srila will tell him you should check this out buy this you know so it became like an advisor for for all of us i would say gone yeah. too soon fortunately need uh, but again, uh, pretty much overworked also, I would say, because that time work was just crazy. And then Sridhar was the one-man army. Wow. And I'm, he's just not talking about uh, just the Tamil industry. Everybody, people, I've seen people from Bombay sitting and waiting, Sridhar, can you do our mix? It's, that was the kind of... Um, so then, pressure hits you also, right? Somewhere down the line, it's like so much of uh, tension and Mm. And generally producers, also producers, have this habit of oh sir, because of the mix, everything is getting delayed. So which puts mm. you in a bad spot, right? These are things which can, can cause a lot of anxiety and stress and tension, which I would say. Yeah, that yeah. was a uh, quite a little bit of a concern, I would say. Indeed. That's what we were all pretty shocked. I still remember hearing that news when that was. Unbelievable,
0: unbelievable. How did so how did like Sir cope up with it? It must have been a big blow for him. he heard about it.
1: It was a very big blow. But again, knowing Raman and his emotions, I went for that uh, uh, memorial service and yeah. like that. Yeah, he was very quiet. Just spoke very little. You know, uh, Raman's mm. not that very. Mm. Um, it was very. Uh, solemn even his speech was very solemn it just spoke you didn't have you didn't pinpoint but it's more like you know we've lost a friend that's, that's the most yeah. important thing yeah because i i would say few people in rayman's life who are friends mm-hmm. not more like okay he's my employee uh Sridhar comes in that category uh Ratnam comes into that category when they all converse it's like the kind of aura which comes through is very different you know you know it's like two Mm. friends are talking that kind of Mm. thing it's never like the beauty you know Mm. that's uh, that's a blessing I would say yeah
0: yeah and uh, yeah so I really wish he was around and uh, I could have had him but well I I did manage to get his son uh, Vinay
1: I, to I
0: through
1: Vinay's yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, even hearing Vinay's thing, I was also thinking, Yeah, because I remember, sometimes I used to inquire, how this is this? I hardly see them grow. Sunny. One day <laughs> they say, hey, see, I thought they were just going to school. So I no, no, They're going to college. That's how it is. By the time he comes back, the kids have gone to school. By the time they're coming back from school, he's back at the studio. So this True. is how life is, you know? And there were no Sundays where is there times so that's where when Raman's show started off uh, it was a little bit of a relief you know because Srida was the first one to uh, to be part of the mix for the live shows also I mm. don't remember I think the uh, tours so that gives them a lot of time to travel around you know so at least you're away from the Chennai tensions directors producers mm. so that really helped
0: right right And uh, yeah, look, uh, just coming towards the end of the podcast, I'm I'm also very conscious of the fact that uh, you would have your other commitments as well, and
1: today nothing much. I I have to send out some files, all done, so pretty much done for the day today. And so you 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 worked with other music
0: directors as well. So is there something that you've seen different in the way Sir approaches things, or Sir's team, including yourself, approach things? In a different way compared to the others Uh, more from a creative process perspective of course uh, work in the night some others others might work in the day it might work for them i'm just curious to know is there a distinctive difference that you have actually seen
1: having worked with various worlds Definitely there is, uh, because everybody has their uh, comfort zone of working, their time of working, their pattern of working, you know, Um, so when I work with Pritham, it's a very different ballgame because most Mm -hmm. of the time it's just the tune which is given to me and maybe a brief, whereas now if you take uh, Sir's case, it's going to be a full, at least the a slight idea of what it's going to be even the harmonies might be there so which means i don't have to break my head too much on that
0: mm.
1: but the, very rarely you might get something which has very bare minimal that you're going to sit and uh, reproduce but uh, that that could be one uh that could be one aspect mm. uh the others mm, it it also depends on how the brief is see that's where for me uh where Rehman's, stands apart is because he comes from the same school as me started as a music producer as an mm. arranger and went on to music direction so that communication is never a problem so everything is a lot clearer so max there'll be uh, two visits to that same song to just mm. Mm. Uh, so it's never like oh this is not working try this all over again you know you're not going back to the blackboard again and again so that that way I would say uh, the clarity in terms of very rarely I've come across a situation where something has completely gone wrong because the brief was wrong. I think once, I yes. Uh, yeah, that happened even now, I think, for Atrangire. I think I played the melody on the beat, which is actually before beat. So that hero uh, yeah. corrected me, which I, I said, no, I can hear it only like this. Then she, <laughs> only when she sent me the original song. So she said, no, 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 no. You hear the original song, then you'll get it. So, when I heard it, I said, Oh, it's like this. <laughs> so, then I had to just correct that entire thing. So, the interpretation, right? Sometimes, yeah. what we call lost in translation at times, that yeah. did happen once.
0: Right. And Hero plays a key role
1: in that no, aspect. She is now the key role, definitely. No doubt. Right. So, that's one thing. See, uh, I know Raymond very well. We have yeah. friends, we are this. I never bypass that, uh, this thing at all. See, when it's work, it's only everything goes via whoever's, whoever's handling that. Sometimes it could be Chetan, sometimes it could be Zero. Mm. Yeah, so that's, mm. so that's work ethics, I would say. But there are times we've had, you know, just friendly conversations can always happen anytime. That's not an issue, so. <laughs> right, that's I, a beauty.
0: Book. Again, as as there are so many things that are running in my head, uh, Jim. So, as part of the music production, again, how do you? Because having worked on so many soundtracks over the years, how do you avoid duplications? Because uh, uh, you know, as as a normal person, if I worked on something, quite obviously, I might be inclined with something that I've worked on before and there might be a slight reference or a hint of that yep. or a trace of that while i'm working how do you make yourself conscious to stay away from that and then produce something that you have never not done before
1: <laughs> most that's very difficult because most of the time unconsciously that happens till right. somebody reminds you <laughs> I, I still remember i think uh, some of the music directors sing, so a friend of mine who's an engineer, we were recording Naveen. Yeah. So Naveen played on the line and say So this guy turned back and said, Naveen, this sounds amazing. But only thing this is a Rahman song. I said, no, what song? He said, then he sang that song? yeah, no, this is the same, I'm very <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so he didn't even realize, you know, because when you come yeah. in from the song and it's naturally going into this little melody. Yeah. So you know uh, unconsciously you might end up doing something it is difficult see sometimes you don't spot it till somebody else tells you uh, that could be which and is that part of the
0: QC process part of the Q Q QC process quality control
1: where it is we can't yeah. we can't end up uh, getting into copyrights issues later you know yeah indeed yeah like, uh, we're going to get into a lot of issues with that yeah uh, so that if it can be spotted at the earliest can be uh, great but Correct. there are times i don't know uh, because see i'm still in the music production stage i'm not see if i were the music director then i'm i might be answerable to that mm. so i'm sure there is uh, somebody who's handling all that as such understand but, so far luckily we haven't gone into that situation where you know something we've just taken and then suddenly say, hey this sounds there could be resemblances you know there could be right. resemblances because there are times when you hear a song you know where the references come from you know the reference is oh this should be from the song like just the other day somebody sent me a track and I said oh I can clearly guess what the reference for the song he's composed this song of course it's yeah. his melody and everything. but the arrangement the way the song is going you know it's from it is, this is the reference which was given to him. So he just had to compose around that. So generally everybody, because uh, compose something very, very different also, because the music, uh, the director will be very stuck in his head with this melody that, mm. you know, uh, so how many times we get references, which is all Raman songs. Only. So it's like so difficult to get away from that. <laughs> so right. Right, there are songs, like, imagine you have to do one song and they, they send you the song, and it's a song which you've produced. <laughs> That'd <be the> classic. <laughs> oh man, I have to recreate this again now. <laughs> no, but I'm liking that guitar part. So, you like? So, the director, for him, it's stuck in his head, you know. So, that happens a lot in background score. So, that's why when they put te- what we call temp music, T E M P, it's basically like a reference track which they put in. So, sometimes the director, because every time he watches an edit or any of those things, at dialogues or whatever. He's so used to listening to the track mm. because even the editors cut according to that cue, let's say if it's a chase sequence or everything. So what happens is it's, he's very much connected. So the moment he listens to something else different, though that might sound beautiful by in his own way, but he'd be stuck with this, you know, in his head. Mm. So finally, you know, it'll come back to that. Can you just hear that reference? So every time you'll have to unmute and go, uh, unmute and play that reference, see that, I like that little element over there. So these are the blocks which we get into, you know, so nice. now that is so stuck in his head, it's very difficult. And what happens is at the end of the day, the director gets blamed. Oh, look, this is a blatant copy of uh, something it becomes like that. Correct. You know, people do for the general public. They want to understand the amount of troubleshooting, which has gone behind the song or the end of the score. So that that's a little. I feel sad at times when music directors get blamed for a few things. <laughs> yeah, I feel it's very rude to do that. Yeah, so I've uh, I've also uh, seen songs just being just oh you heard that song it's so bad <laughs> like oh god poor guy you put in so much of effort into that and it's like <laughs> you know sometimes you do um, some really beautiful songs go into films which didn't work. That also mm-hmm. was a real Rayman's yeah. Khandla, Khandla say. I know I know and, um, the entire
0: song. soundtrack is
1: amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I I did the background score for that film actually. No, right. Uh, for that film so that same I was with another music director at that time I was doing his score when yeah. I got a call and uh, Raymond's called and said no no there's this score I want you to come and finish so I said okay I'll come I said I'm finishing in a day's time here yeah. oh, yeah, then I'll finish and I'll come there no 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 there Nahari you want to, you finish you come tonight it's watch the movie so I went night EP because the whole day I've been working so I sat there just watched the film and he said yeah, yeah you thought no fine I finished most of it some patchwork here and there so I said okay fine so, I said, I'll start from tomorrow. So, when there, that time, Adi was working there. Aditya Modi? Aditya Modi. So, he yeah. engineer. So, right. so, he went there. So, sir, so, I went set up and everything. And he said, "She so said, what did sir say? He said, no, everything is finished. Some patch of work. So, then he opened the session. He said, everything is done. See this. <laughs> he opened. One whole session. Full. Real one. Blank. <laughs> like that it was. So, he's like, what? Then... Uh, I was like shocked. I said, "What do we do?" She so immediately called up Ram and said, "Hey, no, no, no! I'll come. I'll come now and tell you." So for everything he's singing, he sang something. She so said, "Okay, okay." I'm like, used one to to recorder, recorded everything, whatever he's trying to sing. She so said, "Okay, record it. I think he had two or three themes which he had composed, which was all pasted somewhere here and there. So we had to redo the. So finally, in like five days or something, I had to finish the entire film. Wow! I wow. thought it was one person. <laughs> The reason was uh, he had to fly out at that time. He, he was going to Mecca. Yeah. Uh, so, his pilgrimage was on. Yes. So yeah. I had thought at that time and we, we really burnt the midnight oil at that time. <laughs>
0: but somehow yeah. we managed
1: the entire score, you know, took themes here and there, replayed it, all mm. kinds of things. Kinds of things. Right. But interesting. you know. So so, But nice of him to trust me and uh, wanted me to do that's cool. So I was also it was more like helping mounted that day. <laughs> of course, but I like the way. No, no, everything is done. <laughs> everything is done. Thing is blank. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's like that very light-hearted at times.
0: And and when when you're done with a score or a song, regardless of what it is, do you get a layman's perspective? somebody, an office boy or someone getting him to hear what you've just produced and then
1: taking his feedback no. on board. Does it ever happen? I'm just curious no. that's all. No. Never, because most music directors don't like their stuff being played outside. As far as I know, because it's still, because these days no, all no cool.
0: outside, I mean, someone inside the
1: studio itself, like,
0: but that not necessarily a creative person.
1: Also that uh, anyway, see people who are walking into your studio let's say I'm sitting working on a score yeah. my office just comes in he's definitely going to hear correct. so he'll ask me oh sir oh, you're working on this film sir like that so now he knows that I'm working on this then he'll come and tell me I saw your name there sir. <laughs> <laughs> that will happen but I don't encourage him to sit through uh, the entire thing that's the only thing because by chance anything goes out it can be very very risky correct yeah indeed it can be uh, indeed that's a problem with the latest technology and anything can just be a fraction of a second out and it's all gone indeed so that yeah that that's one reason we need to keep it very careful with a lot of mm. things right
0: yeah I, I was just curious that's all because uh, these days of course uh, you could always have it's just me thinking out loud that's all uh, not yes. necessary that it can actually happen this way but uh Somebody, early an
1: outsider, come early, early days. I remember because I still remember uh, Suresh Peters. Mm-hmm. See, we were in the same band, uh, we used to play, and that's when Suresh Peters had sung uh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. So he had a copy of that on a cassette. Okay, it was the cassette days, not even CD. Correct. Uh, so he had a copy of that, and he came and played me the song. So this was before it was released. Mm. Okay, so which means it's a pre-released one. But he paid yeah. it to me uh, just to hear. Yeah, check the song out, Raymond. an amazing guy, I sang for it. So, but for me, it didn't do anything. The only thing is, once the song was released with Prabhudeva's dance, and that song was like an instant hit. And see, in those days, there was no this digital media where things are just going to go fly out. And yeah, yeah. You either hear it on a cassette or you hear it on television. Uh, in those days Olym Olym that was the Correct. serial Correct. Which to, yeah. which was the program it used to uh, launch new songs and such till then you're not going to hear anything or max yeah. till you go to the theater
0: and nowadays
1: mm-hmm. if it's somebody dies, it's gone it's all over the place so that way it's very very risky <laughs> <laughs> right and the other and hand, I- way to process problem which we face block is because we watch the same film like over a month, so that way we hardly go to the theaters and watch just because we've seen this film so many times again, go and watch it one more time. Unless the film is like so good as such that you want to go, and, um, so that also is there. And whilst working on the
0: score um, and having watched a movie numerous times or over, over that period, have you ever felt I'm not mes- I'm not expecting you to pick names of the movies here so don't get me wrong i'm not trying to create any masala here or anything like that but what i'm trying to ask is whilst working on the score for a movie and you're watching it and scoring do you realize have you ever had a situation where oh my god so much of hard work has gone into producing great score for something like this but the movie is pretty dumb
1: has that ever happened yeah many 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 times times. right
0: and does that Uh, demotivate you whilst working oh my god this is such a dumbass movie but having to I'm sorry about my French here but but having to work on something like this but we know for sure that
1: it is going to die it does it It, it really hurts uh, definitely but See, it'll hurt more for the music director for us it still work to yeah. we'll arrange the correct. So The music director is a little more oh man this is my baby I thought the song was really it's going to do yeah. wonders and such uh, so that's what see nowadays films have also gone into that kind of an evolved uh, evolution where mm. either the film works and it makes the songs also hit or sometimes the songs make the film a hit correct so, good. so that's how hand in hand things have become so that way, um, definitely it really hurts when you know you've done a great uh, score or maybe mm. songs and then you know you hear such bad reviews about it, not even a mention about the music. That's when it can be really because sometimes I tend to just scan through to see how the film is doing just to mm. just out of curiosity. Mm. And sometimes when the sport is mentioned, you feel a little it it's see for a especially for a creative person's appreciation goes a long way because it's going to enhance your performance a lot a lot more so that way you look at these kind of things for uh for your boost as such mm-hmm. that way uh, i would definitely say that that'll help if uh so these kind of things can be the other way around where it can really, oh man, after all that hard work, it's all gone down the drain. So like uh, the film which we mentioned, unfortunately, yeah. the song. But the song is okay. But it could have been imagined if the film was really good. that Those songs would be sung even today. That's the difference. Correct. So, and we as because, fans hear those tracks even today, Jim. Just, just letting you know. Yeah, and as fans and as uh, the general public, I've noticed is people relate with the visual also. Correct. correct. Any, anything. See, for me, uh, since I come from a different uh, listening genre, there's yeah. no visual reference. But the song and the melody, the harmonies hit me at, at a personal level. But yeah. for film music, what happens is the, the visual. So you can instantly connect and say, oh, wow, I can imagine this person with this dress. And, you know, I remember that scenario. remember that scene over there mm. by that mountains." So there's some connect, there's a connect which happens or that storyline which can connect in some way or the other. So that uh, that way, it's very, very crucial. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are so many movies like this. I'm not going to pick any names. Yeah. But, but we as fans within the community, uh, just sharing this with you, we get frustrated about the fact that we know how much of hard work goes into making music and creating even the tiniest sound like the ting sound that comes has taken three hours for Ishan, for example in Rehaide. I'm just saying um, but not taking any examples here but if we see a, 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 if the visuals aren't doing justice for the music for any song for that matter it kind of hurts us where such great music has been produced but the visuals are not justifying it and that's how we guys relate to and we 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 also appreciate the pain that you go through <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so to speak <laughs> but like I like I said yes for music producers I would still say it's okay see for us you know where we feel a little um I won't say rejection as such, like you've done a nice core for some scene and they just come, no, no, let's try something else completely different. You know, this works very well. And it's, uh, so that can be like, Oh man, it's, it's rethink the entire thing, you know, so that's, that'll be a sleepless night that day. It's going to be good. so because <laughs> now we have to come out, uh, your whole creativity process has to change now. So that can be a little,
0: right. A little challenge. Yeah. So, yeah. and, and I- over the years, Jim, uh, with all the, with the journey that you've had, let me rephrase this, uh, has there been an album that's absolutely close to your heart or a score that's super close to your heart and you want to be remembered for something like that? Uh,
1: you wanted only uh, because it's a uh, I love ARR, this thing, it should, should be only Rayman or it should be, it can be anybody else. Just go with anyone. Anybody. Just music. Music. music for me but because that I really spent a lot Burfi the movie yeah that has so been I'm yet to watch uh, I'm being honest here but I've heard that oh. it's a great movie I'm not yeah. much of a movie buff so yeah for me personally working on that score and I did three songs in that three or two yeah I forgot so that was uh, very personally satisfying for me because right. every time when we scored something and uh, you're playing it over a a period of time and every time mm. you watch that scene it touches you it feels mm. nice that was uh, that is very very close to my heart i would say and anything in the ARR world ARR world see for me uh with songs because see i would i wouldn't like to take credit on any of that because every mm. time when you say ARR thing is 60 percent or 70 or 80 percent the rest is only us I don't know about the others, but at least me coming in <laughs> for that. Jilendra Orkadal was very different that way. Mm. Uh, that Because that only the voice was there and I had to do the entire thing. So that I could say it to some extent. But again, it's a very different genre of music. I uh, mm. Not many people might appreciate something like that. Mm. That was uh, same with 99 songs. That again, different genre. Because you know that kind of genre, he sends it across uh, Indeed. to me. So... That way, um, yeah, that I could say to some extent uh, okay. was pretty close. Though I missed quite a lot of projects uh, with Rehman, which they had called, but unfortunately I wasn't free. I was on some mm. other work at that time. Some really epic, epic <laughs> films, which I liked even, uh, I enjoyed working on this one. Dilbet Chara's Taregin Oh wow Such
0: a beautiful song
1: Such a beautiful song so Just yeah. that piano thing So I did the entire String arrangement For that and Wow The, the Charnam uh, mm. Progression To that build up And at the end Something like see So he, he liked all that Quite a lot So it, See same With creativity In that first instance He liked that I think just the Charnam I had done a little Jazzier version Which he didn't yeah. want but yeah. He changed it else
0: right so, and it,
1: uh, is, yeah no no keep going sorry no, no no I was thinking of any other for me problem yeah. is memory to remember what are the songs which are uh, the other song which I did which also became very popular was uh Janaga Namana.
0: oh wow in uh
1: you are yeah yeah and, I love it but that story is also funny, actually, because we did that song, um, programmed that song. I think the next day I'd gone back to the studio. Next day they would, two days later or something. So I asked him how. To do it. He said it's fine. Then Sunny asked, "You whistle?" I said, "I can try." So myself and uh, there's a singer George Peter, he yeah. used to sing chorus as well as a little bit of playback and things like that. So both of us were there okay go so, go the room so that whistle portion what you hear no and you have both I love it <laughs> oh so George and myself are the ones oh that wow that. before starting don't ask for payment okay <laughs> <laughs> I said no chance separate bill coming for that, <laughs> that I... no, the, uh, the idea is when uh, you have a let's say... Oh, that's so, when uh, for him, when you have an idea, you need to execute it uh, quite instantly. Uh, Same, I think, even when um, Kadal Desam uh, ta-da-da-da, mm-hmm. that again, I happened to be there. So, Noel, myself, and Sreenivas, all three of us were pulled in to sing that. So, we sang those lines so amazing so amazing all those lines we did there's just only one slightly karnatiki line with sreeni he said all you both you english boys keep quiet for that line (laughs) (laughs) because noel and myself church boys he said no you keep quiet for this english (laughs) boys."
0: and and uh just the other other side of that question is, has there been projects that has been the most complex for you to crack?
1: Uh, there was one, see complex as in, uh, I don't say complex, see I'm, I like to take time and arrange something because it's very rarely you, the trigger happens and uh, yeah, but unfortunately Rehman's like one instant coffee, it's like <laughs> done, like that is like, like magic show. So I never knew this. It was, I think, Boys, that film only. So I was working on more of these fun scenes where Mm. each actor is introduced and things like all those things. And suddenly it came towards the climax. We had to do a a scene, I think, where Vivek, uh, I forgot. Anyway, it's more like the climax scene just before the song. Mm. There's one whole orchestral section. So he asked me to work on that. So, so I started off Me as usual By the time I put one click And got everything ready Within an It's almost an hour Suddenly he comes in Huh Is it ready He <laughs> so, saw my session It's all blank You haven't started I said no 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 Just you know What is this No orchestra is Waiting downstairs I said oh That I didn't know I thought I have time He said no no no, no Okay you go on to something else I'll do this So he did that uh, <laughs> He tapped for like Half hour, he was done. He's oh, still wow. Too fast. Right. Yeah, he's, he's too fast. Amazing. And he's still hands-on, isn't it? Even yeah. now. He's, he's a brilliant musician. Uh, whether you like it or not, he's he is learned and always has that thing of uh, it's never too late to learn. Yeah. So, I think just five or six years back, he decided to study a little bit of jazz. Mm. He's telling me that and yeah, learned a little bit. And also learned Western notation, which he studied long back. But yeah. to take it a little further, you know, understand music theory a little more. Because see, people from the Carnatic and Indian uh, music space very rarely will venture onto the Western space. So that correct. He wanted to learn that. So very, uh, she says, she should always be inquisitive enough to learn. Mm. Uh, which is good. Yeah. I said that I'm like I'm done, this <laughs> enjoy with this and it's but he's like, No 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 you should. So even with technology, he's like that. You tried this out, so they're always showing some new stuff on logic. <laughs> yeah, only, only once I beat him for that. I think on the MC that was years. <laughs> back. Uh, yeah. that that MC fifty device, I think to use he heard the song and then he was doing some... Edit. Then I said, okay, let me save the project. So, I just... It's like a three-button thing. So, I just did this and... He said, hey, what did you do? I said, no, I just saved. Huh? What technology is this? I said, ah, you didn't read the owner's manual. No, I read the owner's manual. <laughs> <laughs> pulling like nice. Love it. We've had a good laugh at times. Yeah. yeah. J- Jilinderu Urukal was crazy, man. Because... That time is uh, they were rebuilding Panchatan, mm. so that whole plate was uh, one section was demolished or the house was demolished. Something was demolished. Mm. So it was only two mm-hmm. of us. He was sitting downstairs. I'm sitting upstairs and finishing the song. Came down. That's when this guy is also coming over. Hey, hey. I said, yeah, I said yeah, yeah. I just finished the song. You mix it? I said I can't mix it. All. I'm not a mix engineer. You <laughs> find somebody. I am leaving. So both of us left together. That's when I think he had picked up the Nano. Uh, yeah, <laughs> his favorite car. <laughs> yeah,
0: he, yeah, he did speak about that car in his own podcast too. So
1: <laughs> even remember so, when, when we were doing Lovebirds, suddenly we came out. I came out for a coffee. So he just sat, he had a coffee. He was sitting in the auto. We just sitting and chatting. You finish the coffee. Suddenly, so he just started the auto and went for a round outside. So going around Ashok Nagar and came back. <laughs> Imagine that any signal suddenly one auto pulls up and says, Oh, Love it. Love it. So. That's how
0: cool. Jim, it's been absolutely phenomenal having you on this podcast. And I i, I i'm going to cherish all these memories that you've just shared and i would love to bring you back again we'll do that in a couple of months time sure, sure. and sure. i didn't want this podcast to go for like 3 hours and then you beat me up at the end okay. of it so and also just conscious of your own time too um so with that said uh before i before we wrap it up is there a message that you'd like to share via this podcast to sir um uh, i know you can always call him and then you can tell him anything you want but i would love love you to please provide please share a message rather uh and uh, yeah something that
1: can be cherished uh nothing but absolutely blessed to be his uh, friend and somebody who's who's always inspired just not me but i think the entire music community you know uh and being a great friend for a musician i know the number of people he's uh helped you know people who were in trouble but he's really helped and been a friend that way you know and for being a great soul uh, a person with a heart very very few people have that it's just not being a good musician and uh, being a good person and being an example for so many people and continuing to inspire all of us and i I just pray that he keeps inspiring all of us and the journey continues I know we are the same age but now a few more years no many more years sorry few is too less because I know the fans and the, the the other musicians are waiting for more of his music and every time it gets uh, better and better so Raman I just wish you the best and God's blessings and most importantly good health and during this pandemic to to keep us all safe your family i know your entire family pray for god's blessings on each and every one of them great yeah.
0: thank you thank you so much jim and uh, jim as a little thank you again i would like to please send you a t-shirt uh, i'll grab your address um, on uh, on yes, whatsapp sir. later and uh, yeah, I would like to send you one and as a little little thank you that's all nothing else oh and some right chocolates right. Uh, and just so that you can remember right, that this know. crazy guy uh, is absolutely crazy about sir's music so
1: um, thanks for all the that, that drives people you know that drives uh, music musicians and music directors definitely it's the fans at the end. Thank you. I, I don't know. I personally do not know what I would have
0: done without Sir's music, which obviously encompasses uh, all all the hard work that yourself and all the others have put in for every single little ting sound that has come out of the studio, so to speak. Um, but these are the this is this has been helping me all through my life as as a magical uh, tool uh, to deal with my ups and downs in my life. Music has been such an integral part and uh, just wanted to say thank you for all the hard work that you have put in over the years and you're continuing to do it uh, till you know even even the most recent soundtrack Atrangire and I watched it on the big screen here uh, in the theatre and I also uh, mentioned to Sir about it after I watched it that I absolutely loved the background score and most importantly the visuals justified the music that's one aspect that i always look look at when i'm watching a movie uh so thank you for everything for all the hard work and most importantly thank you for giving me your time more than an hour and a half and uh, yeah you've been super kind How long I, mean, have been? Back. I have no clue thanks <laughs> once again and the fans are absolutely going to love this i i can't wait to release this podcast this is going to be one of my favorites
1: a big hi to all the fans on behalf of Rehman. <laughs> <Max, laughs> <I could do. laughs> For sure. Yeah, I keep supporting the music and just not uh, Rehman, I think all musicians, you know, there's so much of talent out there right now. I think, uh, in fact, Rehman is doing that also, you know, uh, supporting so many new artists who are coming in, independent artists too. uh you know, so many things which he's uh, put across, which, so I, it will be nice if fans uh, could support, Every musician, you know, there's something you know, to take away. It's, it's it should be music at the end of the day, mm. which uh, we all listen to. That's uh, yeah important. But thank you so much for having me on this uh, podcast. I had a great time. I tend to talk a lot, and I think I, that's what I did. <laughs> so you, uh, you that's exactly what I wanted, and I, I I could have gone even for hours
0: together. I still have so many questions. You wouldn't believe it, but I'm I'm very conscious of I time. I have a question
1: because... for you. Yes, I have a question. Oh, oh my God,
0: what's that? I've got a giant, advanced, uh, giant. Uh, okay. giant. Yes, both are both are giant, advanced. Altigra, uh, Altegra. Altegra, Yes, and with uh, with DI2, carbon, carbon, DI2, DI2. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm and I'm in love with it because I just click off a button, it chips a gear, and I love it. So, in fact, tomorrow morning I'm heading out for a long ride. <laughs> I I'm usually off. go for like seventy-five, hundred k and uh
1: so but yeah, i that's pretty you used to also i'm always a 75 minimum
0: yeah minimum and 75 we you carry gels some- and stuff as well when you go on yeah i do
1: carry some chicky which mm. is uh yeah i know chicky yeah, but I, yeah does that work but <laughs> because it's obviously got peanut <laughs> yeah we do carry a little bit of uh, energy bars also just but huh. so there are a lot of coffee shops on the way so we generally stop for a juice or a coffee pretty much high ourselves so that way it's okay we're, n- we're never on the highway as such only if you're going on a highway uh, then maybe uh, you carry a little more uh, supplies <laughs> right. but I do carry my salt tablets because salt due to the weather out here oh yeah a yeah. Lot, of salt, lot of salt so that way uh, in a high hydration every 25 kilometers take a salt tablet so that you don't your muscles don't cramp so that's something which I take like see tomorrow is going to be a 75k right and thinking of a little fast pace right so when you get into that speed that's when you burn a little more heavier so mm. at that time a little more hydration stops will be a little more uh, frequent so, yeah but, it's but I, i'm on a very basic cycle entry level no, but
0: still i mean the fact that you, you're stepping out of your comfort yep. zone to jump exactly. on for a go for a ride itself is a big thing uh, you could have always i mean Nine out of ten people will not do this. <laughs> I know how many demons I have to fight mentally to step step out of my home.
1: Amazing. I just saw your journey and I heard from the other podcasts. Awesome. Your journey. It's been Thank you. amazing where you were to where you are now. It's just amazing. It changed
0: my life. I mean I, I I was like a super super introverted person in the past where I I would have never come in front of a camera. That was me. 108, 109 kilos or whatever and then once i lost it about 45 kilos down it changed my life it was more like a rebirth for me and i found my new self and magic happened (laughs) and funny enough sir's music was very integral during that transformation journey as well in fact i told him about it he just laughed (laughs) he said you were smashing it out at the gym my music did nothing And uh, yeah, so thank you once again and uh, really appreciate it. I'm going to keep this part in the podcast as well. So I think this
1: is going (laughs) This is outtakes. These are called outtakes.